scripture comes from Matthew 1, verse 18 to 25. Uh, Matthew 1, verse 18 to 25 can be found on the first page of the New Testament. You can find it in your pew Bibles, some of your pew Bibles, on 681. Um, But please turn with me, whether it's on your phone or your Bibles, um, as I read. Matthew 1, 18-25 This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home and his wife as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. May God bless the reading of his word. We are traveling back to Bethlehem. Today we arrive there. Up in northern Israel, the little town of Nazareth, and in southern Israel, the little town of Bethlehem. Three weeks ago, Pastor David started our series by reminding us of Jesus' current ministry. What is he doing right now? He is interceding for us at the Father's right hand. Then uh, two weeks ago, we stood at the tomb and we saw the stone rolled back, the resurrection. Then last week, we made our way to the cross. We saw him despised and rejected. And today, back to Bethlehem, but first we go through Nazareth. So I'd like today to uh, retell the story for you, especially as we see it through Joseph's perspective, because this story is uh, about the angel appearing to Joseph. Then I'd like to talk briefly about the theology or the teaching of the story, and then tell the story once again with our imaginations, seeing it from God's perspective. But first of all, the story. Joseph was a righteous man. That's what verse 19 says. If the law said, do X, Y, or Z, he said, yes, sir. Just because he was tucked away up there in the northern backwater of Israel, up there in Galilee of the Gentiles, it doesn't mean he was ignorant of the law. 
No, he, he went to synagogue, he, he, uh, he prayed, he was Zadik, a righteous man. You know, they made fun of his town. They called it, uh, they, they, had a, they had a proverb, can anything good come from Nazareth? Yes, the answer is yes. Joseph came from Nazareth. He was a good, righteous man. Therefore, he had a problem. His problem was heartbreaking and really unsolvable. And the problem was Mary was pregnant. As far as he could tell, she had been pregnant maybe three or four months. She had recently returned from her cousin's house, Elizabeth. Uh, She had been there for three months, and when she came back, was pregnant. He thought to himself, this is so sad. This is just, it's wrong. She's just a girl. And the law said he was supposed to divorce her. And he was a righteous man and he obeyed the law. But he was also kind. And he was tender-hearted and and, The Bible says he was unwilling to put her to shame. That means he didn't relish the thought of taking her to court and denouncing her publicly, you know, calling witness and making a big production out of it. Look, Nazareth was not a big town and everybody would know. It would put her to shame. So he had a problem. What to do? What to do? His mind went back to their pledge, their, their, uh, the, the beginning of their engagement period. It was just a few months ago, just before she went off to Elizabeth's house. Uh, they were pledged to be married. That means that Joseph's parents had located a nice, good, God-fearing girl, and the parents had approached her parents, and they had made arrangements, and they all came together for a formal pledging ceremony. It was legal. They signed documents. And at that point, they were virtually married. We don't really have a parallel in our culture. It's sort of like engagement, but it's like engagement on steroids. They pledged. In fact, in, in fact she's call, or he has called her husband even though they had not yet gone through this wedding ceremony and they were not living together yet. And so to break this pledging actually called for divorce. That's what the law said. And that was his problem. The law called for divorce. He had a legal right to impound her dowry, the, the, uh, the, the money, the pride, uh, the, the, the price that comes along with the bride. But he didn't want to gouge her. They expected him to get up and make a speech and denounce her. He didn't want to do that, so he thinks, just do this thing quietly. Just, Just get it over with. So he made the arrangements. He called a few witnesses, that's all you need. He planned a quick signing of some documents, and that's it. What would happen to Mary? 
I don't know. She'll probably move away. There's, there's no future for her here. And with those happy thoughts, he fell asleep. Twenty. As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, carry on, continue, marry her. In fact, it's implied, speed up the wedding here. Let's get this going. And that's what he did. He obeyed the command of the Lord. Verse 24. Verse 24 says, When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. But he did not know her. There was no sexual relations until after Jesus had been born. Well, the time came for her to deliver her child, and they had to travel to Bethlehem. You remember that story. Nazareth is up in the north, and Bethlehem is in the south. It's about 100 miles. Today, you can drive it in two hours. Not so easy in their day. You remember the story. The last couple of weeks, the music team has sung, We Remember How He Came. Helpless, weak, and small. The virgin, stable, beasts, and cold, cradled in a stall. You remember. Well, eight days after he was born, uh, he was circumcised, and then Joseph pronounced his name, Jesus. That's what the angel told him to do. Yeshua, it means God saves. And by assigning that name, Joseph legally adopted Jesus, and he became a son of David. Because Joseph was in the line of David, and even though Jesus had no earthly father, he was legally adopted into that line, and thus fulfilling the scripture all the prophecies, the son of David. And then uh, Jesus grew up, up there in the north, in Nazareth, in the home of Joseph, that good, righteous, kind-hearted man from Galilee. And that is the story, especially from Joseph's perspective. Can we step back now and can we ask ourselves, okay, so what is the teaching of the story? You might say, what is the theology of the story? The teaching is this. God orchestrated events so that a virgin conception took place in order to send his son to save his people from their sins. That's what this whole Christmas story is about. That's what this particular little incident is about. God orchestrated everything 
There was a virgin conception three or four months before our story. Why? So that he would send his son. For what purpose? So that Jesus would save his people from their sins. That's what this story is teaching us. Now, there's lots of other teaching in this story. I mean, there, we, we could derive doctrine about angels. Like, what do angels do? You know, what's the nature of an angel? Well, that, that's in this story. We, what about uh, sort of a teaching about dreams? Does God still use dreams today? Well, yeah, that's, that's in this story also. What about the example of Joseph? He's a good man. He's a righteous man. We can follow his example. Sure, that's intended author also. But the main teaching is that God, in the fullness of time, orchestrated things through the Holy Spirit, a virgin conception, to send Jesus. His name means God saves. Yeshua. And that is what this story is all about. You may say, Pastor Jeff, how do you know that that's what this story is about? Because you've got angels and dreams and this and that. There's all sorts of stuff going on. Right, so let me put my uh, professor's hat on for just a second. How do we know what the Bible is teaching, especially narrative? Narrative is tough because narrative is the art of showing more than the art of telling. You know what I mean? It's not as direct and straightforward. It's not sort of the way I'm talking to you right now. It shows us truth. So what is this passage showing us? Well, one rule of Bible study is always context, right? We understand this little unit in light of this larger unit. So, so what's the context for this story? What happens right before this? You got your Bible open? What happens right before this story? Go ahead and open your Bible. This is a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church here. Right before this story is this long genealogy. That's how Matthew begins, because he wants to show us this one born of Mary is descended from David. He is the Messiah. And then this story picks up on the heels of that, showing us how he came and fulfilled prophecy and how God was orchestrating all these events. What comes right after this story? Do you see chapter 2? What's the next thing that happens? It's the story of the Magi, the wise men that come. We, three kings of Orient, are bearing gifts. We travel afar. And here we see the author showing us wise men, kings, you know, royalty, whatever, bowing before this baby this toddler, perhaps, presenting gold, frankincense, and myrrh, worshiping him. And the reader is supposed to go like this, you know, looking at the whole context, the reader is supposed to go, whoa, whoa. There's something, wow, what's going on here with this child? We see it in the context The author is making, you might say, a narrative argument. This child is the son of God. God sent him. God orchestrated all these events to send him as the Messiah, the Christ, to save his people from their sins. Another rule of Bible study that we, you know, how how do we know what the author is intending is a repetition. So what's repeated in our passage? Did you notice as it was read, as you have your Bible open there? 
The name Jesus is repeated three times in uh, five or six quick verses. Did you see it there in verse uh, 18? Now the birth of Jesus Christ, Yeshua Christos, Jesus the Messiah, God saves the Christ, Messiah, it came about this way. And then verse 25, when, uh, when she had given birth to a son, he called his name God saves. And verse uh, 21, she will bear a son and you shall call his name God saves. Because he will save his people from their sins. And so this repetition, time after time, the author is saying, hey, 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 do I have your attention? Jesus is the Savior. That's what his name means. And listen, the angel is commissioning Joseph, you make sure you name him Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus. God saves. And so we derive the teaching, the doctrine of this story. God orchestrated, he planned things, he put things together, he oversaw all of history, he orchestrated it so there would be a virgin conception as God sent his son to save us. All right, that's the teaching. Let's, let's rewind one more time. Let's use our imaginations. Let's see this story from God's perspective. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll allow me a little bit of sanctified imagination. All right. All right, God is looking down from heaven because the time has come He has been arranging things for thousands of years, and now the fullness of time has come. He had already sent the angel Gabriel to Mary. That which was conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She is now pregnant. It's three or four months later. She's been to Elizabeth's, and now, hang on, hang on, hang on. He's looking down from heaven. What's going on here? Joseph is not going through with it. He's, oh man. He's not going to marry her. But he has to marry her because he has to legally adopt Jesus because he's in the line of David. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Lord says, I got to step in and do something here. So he turns to an angel. Angel, come here. Angel, I want you to go down to Nazareth. It's in Galilee. Northern Israel, just if you get lost, ask for directions. I want you to go there, and I want you to go to the home of Joseph. No, no, no last name, just Joseph. They don't use last names until hundreds of years later. So I want you to assure him about this virgin conception, because he's worried, and he's sad. I want you to explain things to him. How? How should you explain things? I don't care. Use a dream. But let him know that that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. What's that? No, uh, he won't understand how that happened. Uh, Do you understand? But tell him it's still a fact. Yes, a virgin conception. 
So tell him to take Mary as his wife and to name the boy. Now this is, this is important. Tell him to name the boy Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeshua, right. God saves. You see, I'm sending my son to save my people from their sins. You're not following me, are you? You don't know much about sin. Well, look, these humans, um, they don't honor me like you honor me. They actually think of themselves as the center of the universe. Yeah, I know it's laughable, but they sincerely think that the universe exists for them and everything spins around them. So they don't honor me. They disrespect me. And I'm sending my son to save them from that foolishness. How will I save them from their foolishness? Good question. I'm glad you're asking. I know that angels long to look into these things. But listen, uh, angel, we can't stand here talking forever because you have a job to do. Look, Joseph is asleep right now. In about uh, 30 minutes or so, he's going to enter REM sleep, and that's when he dreams, and you can appear to him at that time uh, in a dream. But uh, you ask about how he will save people. Here's how he'll do it. He will become one of them. He will take upon himself human flesh. He will live a perfect life, the life they should live. He will die a terrible death, the death they deserve. But I will raise him up again, and I will give him eternal life. And if they believe in him, then that perfect life and that sacrificial death and that resurrection life can be theirs. Their theologians will call this union with Christ. It's a a good phrase. If they believe in him. Hmm? What's that? Oh, Joseph? Um, Yeah, so what role does he have to play in all of this? Okay, well, look, uh, Messiah has to come from the line of David, right? All the prophecies say that. So Joseph is in that line. His great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was David, and so Joseph needs to legally adopt him so that Jesus will be in the line of David. And that legal adoption takes place in the naming ceremony. So you've got to make sure this is important. Tell Joseph to name him God saves. Joshua. So this holy child, which is conceived in Mary and which Joseph has his part to play, is the son of God. And I'm sending him to save my people. You know, tell Joseph this whole thing is bigger than just his honor or shame. In a sense, it's bigger than Mary's honor or shame. This is what I've been planning for the ages. In the fullness of time. Okay, angel, get going. Out the door, you've got a job to do. Make sure that you deliver my message in a dream to Joseph.
Maybe that's what it looked like from God's perspective as he sent the angel to appear to Joseph. May I ask you, has he saved you from your sins? That's why he came, right? To deliver us, rescue us from the presence and the power and the consequences of our sin. If you would like to ask him for this forgiveness, for this saving, it's very simple. We say please, we say thank you. Say please, say thank you. Lord, please, I know that you sent your son to be the savior of the world, uh, the Messiah, Yeshua. Please, save me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Help me to live a life of gratitude. Say please, say thank you. The music team is going to come and lead us in a final song, a response song, as we consider how Jesus came to deliver us. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for sending your Son this unspeakable gift. We pray that you will help us live lives motivated by gratitude. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Please stand.